What has been unexplainable can now be explained. It's Chris. It's Chad. And where are we, Chad? Uh, we're in Frankfort, Kentucky. <laughs> at? Crypticon. Oh. Nice. At least you didn't say at Capitol Plaza Hotel. In the ballroom. All right. And once again this year, we're talking to people. We are. We're having fun. We are. We're rocking it out. We are. And mm-hmm. right now, sitting at the old Pong table with us. A couple of gentlemen just came up and made their presence known. Legends in their field. <laughs> I don't know if I go that far. <laughs> Legendary. Uh, Zach Bales, Kyle Cadell. All right, and you guys are from the the International Paranormal Museum and Research Center and for We're those, in Somerset, Kentucky. Nice. I was going to say for those of us Kentuckians, it's pretty close. All right. Once again, paranormal guys keeping it close to home. Yeah, nice. it's not a, not too far a drive from Frankfurt, as a matter of fact. Awesome. Well, we're going to have to make a day trip, Chris. Check it out. We will. We will. Absolutely. Well, guys, tell us a little bit about the museum, what you have, what you do when you're open. Well, Kyle and I got our start in paranormal. It's been in the paranormal field about 15 years ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, And uh, we set out to disprove uh, the supernatural. You know, Skeptics. We didn't believe. We weren't believers. <laughs> and uh, more times than not, at the end of the night, we left with more questions than answers. Mm-hmm. And I think we both become... Yeah, it, it didn't take but a couple couple months before our minds were... We came from basically the entire other side of it. We we got to start watching, you know, the ghost hunting shows on, on television mm-hmm. and decided we didn't believe it. And it really just took two or three months before we were on the other side of that. And uh, one night in the middle of a ghost hunt, we saw a UFO. So that got us into oh, nice. uh, aliens uh, that very shortly went into bigfoot other cryptids so now we uh have a full museum we cover a little bit of everything which we call it the paranormal museum but we use the broadest sense of the word possible we cover ghosts bigfoot aliens voodoo psychic a little bit of all the weird stuff Kreskin, uh, the, <laughs> he even has a, we got his autograph in there yeah his, oh nice his board game from the 60s <laughs> that's yeah. sweet now, I understand the uh, building that the museum in is uh, haunted. Is that right? Yeah, it's. Uh, we're in the old. It was built as the post office in 1914, I believe, is when it was finished. And uh, in the 60s, it was remodeled to be the library. Just a decade ago, it became the Carnegie Community Arts Center, uh, just a local non-for-profit that lets arts-related businesses open up. And that's how we we're lucky enough to be able to open up down there. Uh, it's, uh, like I said, a non-for-profit. They keep our rent cheap, so we can keep the doors open. <laughs> That's wonderful. And the building's got a lot of history in it. Um, there's actually been as many as three people who've actually been passed away or killed on the side, including a little boy uh, by the name of Mark Thatcher in the late, uh, or the early 1900s. He uh, was 
killed in an accident. Uh, he and his friends were playing with bows and arrows, and one of them got him. And uh, they still to this day, it's claimed that he haunts the site. A librarian passed away in the building. Yeah, that was just about 15 years ago. Sounds like symmetrical book stacking. <laughs> she had laid her head down, I guess, for a nap and never woke up. Oh, wow. And there's another spirit uh, that came in. Uh, James. James, I believe, yeah, this is his name. And so we get a lot of activity in the museum as well. Not to say that we don't have artifacts that are haunted in there. That stir something up. <laughs> yeah. Matter of fact, we have a camera, we have a camera system going all throughout the building. Uh, that records 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we have it tr- one camera trained on our shelf of uh, paranormal artifacts, and uh, it's actually seen some activity. Yeah, actually, the since we've been open, next month's going to be the year anniversary, so since we've been open, we have definitely had a lot of personal experiences, but the absolute best evidence we've ever had is we have this one... Uh, little baby doll we oh we, no <laughs> we bought it as a trigger object basically and it's it's one of, it's the kind of baby doll that if you lay it on its back its eyes will go to sleep. yeah so it, it's, <laughs> and it's old and creepy right yeah. right so we bought it number one because it's creepy number two to use as a trigger object see if we could get spirits to interact with it well we actually used it successfully on a ghost hunt a few years ago um and we sat it down uh in front of an a recorder and asked for something to make it blink and it blinked several times for us so we, we're very ecstatic uh, a few hours later we're back at Zach's house going over our evidence and we just happened to look over at the doll and it's still just blinking like crazy oh, you, you had it in the house with you uh, it's not with us right here oh, okay <laughs> uh, we do have a, one of our other uh, famous uh, uh, baby dolls here it's actually originally from Ed and Lorraine Warren's museum uh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> they collected it out of uh, Henryton State Hospital in Maryland, which was a children's hospital that actually burnt down. Uh, they said that they actually collected it from uh, a little girl died holding it. So they uh, <laughs> picked it up, and they've actually throughout the years had it crying in the display case. <laughs> it, it, it's not Raggedy Ann, is it? No, thank, okay. thank God, no. Oh. <laughs> It's a good thing they got it in a case or your daughter might walk over here with it. Right. We brought a doll home, Mommy. <laughs> we also have a, uh, there's a local business in Somerset. Um, I won't mention the name of the business for just anonymity, but uh, they had a mannequin. When they moved in, it used to be a clothing store, and this they moved in and all that was left was a mannequin. And the mannequin, which we playfully call Gladys at this point, uh, she started, at first there was no activity from her, but then she started moving by herself. They would leave her one place when she would, when they would go home at the end of the day, and they would come back in, and she'd be somewhere else. Uh, the employees would go to the restroom and come out, and there she'd be right by the door. Wow. Now, you guys don't have a part-time employee that's been taking her out on motorcycle rides, do you? Because I've, I've seen that movie. <laughs> no, unfortunately, we don't. Uh, oh. We do sometimes uh, move move Gladys around to, yeah. to play tricks on each other <laughs> when we're not there. <laughs> I believe I'd be thoroughly creeped out. So do you guys have, like, a favorite thing that's happened to you since you've opened the museum that was something you just couldn't explain, just really creeped you out, that you just always sets right in your mind? Well, we have actual physical evidence caught on camera. The doll that we mentioned a few minutes ago that you lay on its back and it blinks, mm-hmm. it was... We caught it on camera being what it appeared to me, and I don't know if Kyle would agree or not, but tugged off the shelf that we keep it on. Twice. Wow. And uh, 
I can't help but feel like that maybe the spirit of the little boy, little Mark Thatcher, uh, it would be just about his height to where he could reach up and kind of wiggle it off. But we've we've caught it on camera multiple times, and it, it kind of wavers around and then comes off, and that's pretty spooky. And Kyle, you've been in the building late at night, I know, several times and encountered things. Yeah, uh, I very much enjoy having the haunted museum. I don't enjoy staying there alone, though. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've, um, the librarian that we mentioned that passed away at her desk, uh, she was an elder lady that, I didn't know this story until after my personal experience. Uh, I was in the building once on a Sunday, uh, completely alone, uh, and I was actually in the restroom. And just outside the restroom, I heard uh, an elder lady clear her throat <clears> at me. And uh, freaked me out, got out of the bathroom, <laughs> checked. There's no one in the entire building. I even set the alarm and walked outside <laughs> just to make sure. And uh, a few days later, I was talking to the library staff that used to work in the building and mentioned that. And they said, oh, yeah, that was her. She would never would say, excuse me, if you were in her way or doing something she thought you shouldn't be. She would just clear her throat at you. <laughs> Have you guys had trouble with the alarm system or anything since you've opened um, the museum? A few times. Uh, We've had it go off. Uh, we've been there about a year. We've had it go off about three times in the middle of the night so far. Uh, the first two times, I got out of bed and actually went and ch to the building and checked, and everything was fine. So, <laughs> Now, uh, since you've got all these creepy things in the museum, have you had weird things happen to you at home, like something kind of follows you home every once in a while? And Well, before we had the museum, uh, we kept all of our haunted things in my crawl space <laughs> nice <laughs> and uh one day i me and kyle both were gonna get together and go somewhere mm -hmm. and there was a misunderstanding he thought that i was he should come to my house to pick me up i thought i was going to his house to pick him up we must have passed on the road and 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 didn't know it but he got to my house and went inside and i let him tell what happened yeah uh careful to note that this is three days after Gladys made it her way into the crawl space. Gladys is the uh, mannequin. Yeah. Uh, but we, I showed up to his house, his front door was unlocked, and I walked in, and I walked right by the guest bathroom, and I noticed the shower was on. Uh, you could hear it running, you could see the steam coming out of the top of the door, and you could smell the shower. And I didn't think much about it, I thought Zach or his wife might have been uh, in the bathroom, and so I sat there for a few minutes, and eventually I get a phone call from Zach asking where I am. That's when we realize that uh, we're not where this each other is. So I say, well, then who's in the bathroom? He said, well, there's no one at my house, period. So I... Uh, <laughs> I think you grab a butcher knife. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, grabbed a knife on my way out because I have to walk by this bathroom again. <laughs> and the bathroom light is still on, the shower's still running, the door's still closed, you can still see the steam, and you can still smell the shower. So I wait outside. About five or ten minutes later, Zach pulls up, and we go in, and the shower door's open, the bathroom door's open, the light's off, you can still smell the shower, but there's you still smell the shampoo yeah, and soap and, you know, wafting through the air. And there's just a tiny bit of the windows fogged up like someone got out of the shower 20 minutes before. Nice. That so mannequin we, was we, never cleaner. Yeah, we playfully tell ourselves that Gladys, first thing she did when she got out of that store is she had to take a shower. Showered up, yeah. And I, I will also say this, I'll add this, when we first got Gladys, she had one earring on. I put her in my claw space. I kid you not. Days later, when I went back down there, she had both. Wow. 
That's creepy. That's really creepy. Well, huh. <laughs> yes, my wife, uh, she was pretty torn up having a lot of those things in the basement. But well, yeah. I, I bet. <laughs> I bet. Did she ever tell you that something weird happened while she was at home by herself with all this stuff? Uh, no, not really. Not really. But um, she is. She works nights, oh. so she's gone during the night. And I'm alone for 12 hours. <laughs> and I think at night, <laughs> I think the activity... Uh, <laughs> picks up at night or at least it did at the time but we haven't had very much uh unusual things happen ever since we moved everything to the museum i think all the uh if there was a haunting it's all translated over went to, with it yeah yeah, yeah. well no. that's good no the creepy <laughs> stuff's good together having card game night at the museum right yeah i had a um and i won't tell the whole story because it's it's rather long but i had a student former student i'm a school teacher i had a former student approach me at one point and he called me on the phone and he said, I have to meet with you. And I said, why? He said, an object's come into my possession that, well, he said, my dad's threatening to destroy and I'm afraid of the consequences we'll suffer if he does. He said, so <laughs> do you want to meet? And I said, yes. And there's a late night restaurant in Somerset and we agreed to meet there. And Kyle went with me. And Kyle, how would you describe the student when he came in? Uh, it- very nervous. He had this, uh, it was a brown paper bag with him. We had no idea what was in it. And uh, came down, sat at the table, and out of this bag he produced a box. Time-worn, tattered, and it was clear it was from like the 1970s. I mean, old, old. It said old Fitzgerald. Dybbuk box. And we opened, <laughs> the, we opened the box, Kyle and I, and inside there's a bottle of bourbon. And it's old Fitzgerald. It's just as time-worn and tattered as well. And I set it on the table, and I asked the student, I say, what is this? What's the story? And he said, look in the box. And I leaned forward and looked at the box, and there was an envelope in the box. And I pulled out the envelope, and I don't remember the exact wording. To anyone who would consider drinking this bourbon, read this letter first, then proceed at your own peril. And the bottle is about half empty. Um, and, uh, of course, chills. I got chills just right now just thinking about this. And the envelope's old, of course. And I pulled open, open up, and there's a note inside. And uh, my former student, I turned to him. I said, where did you get this? He said, this was in my uncle's house. My uncle passed away recently. And in his attic, stuffed away at the bottom of a trunk, was this box. And the bottle was in the box. And the note me and my dad found with the box. I said, and you've had, tr- why, are you, why is he wanting to destroy it? And he said, because we've heard knocking. We've heard banging at our doors as if someone's trying to get in. He said, "We've weird stuff has been done at our house ever since we brought the bottle into it. And I proceeded to read the letter. We both did. Kyle and I both glanced over it. And uh, it told a very, and this is in the, this bottle's still in our museum. It told a very creepy tale about a man who showed up one night. There was a group of people who got together on the weekends and played music. And uh, every week, it said there's as many as 12 or 15 of them. Well, one night, a man showed up that none of them apparently knew, but they didn't know at the time. They thought when he showed up that he probably came with someone else and strangers tend, you know, just sort of thing happens. Well, he apparently had some sort of paranormal effect on the people that they all played and they followed his lead on the instruments for an hour and they couldn't stop. And... Uh, and uh, I think the letter speaks about uh, one of them, his back was soaked with sweat and his bows on his fiddle were, were, were torn. And they, they said it was just a, 
spooky experience. And when he was done, the man produced the bottle seemingly out of nowhere, poured everyone a drink, and they drank, and then he left. He put the bottle on the shelf, and they had the understanding that no one should ever drink from it again. That was just kind of a known that, don't touch my bottle. And he said, I'll be back. And he left into the night, and that's when they realized that none of them knew. No, they, he didn't come with anybody else. Well, sometime later, one of the group, according to the letter, took a drink from the bottle of Old Fitzgerald by accident, I guess. And he screamed, grabbed his throat, and ran out the door and disappeared into the night. And they never saw him again. And they, I, the letter specifically refers to a posse of men were released out into the county to try to find them, and they couldn't find any trace of them. Well, every year on the anniversary of the bottle having been left, they noticed that its contents grew about one shot glass full less than it was a year before. Uh. And uh, <laughs> finally, apparently they, well, they said, so don't, basically the letter ends, don't drink the stuff. It's cursed, they said. And, they, and the letter specifically ends, it says, if you think you're too smart to believe in legends or scoff at curses, we would have too at one point, but we thought you should know. And we've, we've had it. Uh, almost a year now, and there's still not been a drink missing out of it. So, since uh, it. you have that in your museum. Uh, Chad? Yes. Are you uh, prepared for a paranormal guy's uh, major event? No. You uh, you need to take a shot of that whiskey. <laughs> I have a medical condition. I That's fine. So then if something does happen, we're not losing much. Well, You're on yeah. your way out anyway. You've got enough sound clips. Well, i got one more right. thing to add yeah, to the story. Absolutely. I brought the bottle home into my house, said it in its box on my counter as I said my wife works nights I call her I tell her the story because it's a wild story I mean I've, and I've seen and it, had, it was riddled with spelling mistakes and I've since googled it the, the letter I thought it might be a marketing campaign for Old Fitzgerald in the 70s can't find anything hmm. well I called my wife and I said you know I got this bottle and she said well don't bring it to the house and I said well I already have <laughs> yeah, well, like, yeah no. okay it's fine I won't but I th- yeah and uh, <laughs> She said, well, you got to take it to the crawl space immediately. And uh, I don't know. I, it slipped my mind, and I ended up going to bed, turned off all the lights, and went to sleep. Oh. I wake up the next morning. My wife gets off at 6 a.m. I wake up to her screaming. <laughs> and I always tell people it's a husband's job to run towards their wife when they're in danger. So like, you got to run towards the screaming when the natural reaction <laughs> is to run away from people screaming. But I thought, oh, gosh, and I reached for the baseball bat beside my bed, and I remembered that I, there is no baseball bat beside my bed. <laughs> and I, I took off around the corner, around the bend, into the kitchen, and I noticed that the kitchen lights are on. And I thought, that's weird, because I didn't leave them on. And I circle into the kitchen, and our garage is canted off her kitchen, and our door is wide open, and there's my wife standing, and her hands are cupped over her mouth, and she's shaken. I mean, just scared to death. And I said, what? heck I may have used more colorful language at the time <laughs> I'd say what the heck was what's go, what's wrong and she and she said did you leave this door open and I said no and she said did you leave the garage door open I said no and then she pointed up at the ceiling and I noticed that the lights in the garage were on the lights in the house were on but all three light bulbs closest to the door were blown the fluorescent light in the garage nearest the door was blown 
and she pointed to the bottle, and I kicked myself in the hind end to this day <laughs> because I didn't mark on the bottle where the bourbon was prior to this experience because this was the very next morning after I got it, and I can't help but wonder if, and I refer to him as Old Fitzgerald himself, whoever the man was, the the the, bow, the fiddle player back in the day, that Old Fitzgerald may have shown up at the house in the night while I was in bed and got himself a shot, that maybe the bourbon had been hidden in the box in the uncle's attic and he couldn't find it for many years, but once it was out, he found it on the anniversary and got a drink. Now, uh, when you brought the bottle in your house, was that before or after you had a Gladys? This was... After. After. Yeah. So yeah. Gladys was in the house when you got the bottle? Gladys yep. would been in the uh, crawlspace. All right. I'm just just, just saying. Gladys parties. Maybe she came up and took a drink. Yeah. The devil took a drink and Gladys partook. That's right. But all these things, you can see them all in our paranormal museum. Um, the bottle's still there. We have it under 24-hour surveillance, seven days a week, 365 days a week. And we talked about it. We, neither one of us have taken a drink. We didn't know what could possibly have been in there to make them play the best music of their life. At one point, the letter says the guy was playing so fast, curls of smoke were coming off of his fingers. So whatever's in that bourbon must have been pretty good. Well, I'm telling you, I think we we have a major national multimedia event with you guys and paranormal guys, and we crack that thing open, and Chad takes a drink, and we see what happens. I don't think so. <laughs> I wouldn't do it myself. I, I, I no, I'm willing to sacrifice Chad for I, the name of paranormal research I appreciate to see what that. goes on here. He always is. Well, there's, this, there's, there's a smattering of bourbon left in the bottom of the bottle. There so. we go. Might end up being a display at the museum. 40-year-old bourbon, too. Facebook Live. Now, (laughs) now was there a signature at the bottom of that letter? There was not. There was no no signature at the letter. It was someone, I don't know who it was, and we may never know. I guess we will never know. There you go, Chris. The uncle of the child, the student I had, he's passed away, and he probably would have maybe known. Maybe he was the writer of the letter. Maybe he was on air on music nights, or I I don't know. More questions than answers. I think we mentioned that before. Oftentimes we leave with more questions than answers. Well, for our listeners, if you want to thoroughly be freaked out and see some of the most amazing things ever, uh, gentlemen, where are you located at? What's your address at the museum? Uh, We are 107 North Main Street in Somerset, Kentucky. Uh, As we said, we're in a beautiful building downtown, um, and we're in the basement of it. Just uh, we're open Thursday through Saturday, noon to seven, and Tuesdays and Wednesdays, noon to five. Um, if you're coming through town uh, and not on those days, just send us a Facebook message. My day job's in the bu- same building anyway, so I can walk on down. Hey, there. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> Maybe do an on-location recording. See if we pick up any EVPs. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll stay home. No, you <laughs> and we do um, we do frequent events, ghosts, because as I said, the building was haunted itself. Uh, we have been known to do classes in the building for ghost people who are in, interested in the field. Um, we call it Ghost Hunting 101. Um, we do public ghost hunts of the building occasionally and stuff. So, What about our uh, seasonal purveyors of the paranormal? Do you have any like Halloween kind of themed events or anything coming up for just uh, the casual paranormal listener? Well, uh, as I mentioned, next month's actually our one-year anniversary. Uh, it's going to be... Saturday, October 13th will be our one-year nice. uh, anniversary party. So, And we, uh, the city of Somerset has a zombie walk every year, and uh, that's probably one of our biggest 
traffic days of the year because we open our museum and uh, you can dress up like a zombie and there's all sorts of vendors in town. It's kind of kind of like at the event we're at right now, CryptidCon. Um, but it'd be a good chance to come to Somerset, see the museum, and also have a little fun while you're at it. Yeah, well, Wonderful. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Is there anything else that you're going to have coming up you'd like to add? Any other shows you're going to be attending? Um, not right now. Uh, check our Facebook events. Uh, our Facebook's just International Paranormal Museum. Mm -hmm. uh, we put all of our events that we do. We'll have uh, an upcoming uh, ghost hunt of the building locally, and I think we're trying to plan uh, a trip up to Waverly sometime soon. Maybe right. uh, do a bus full of people up there. So, Thank you. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk with us. The story was fascinating. It was thank great. You. Oh, yeah. Appreciate it. It's, it. it's certainly a spooky place to be. Our museum is at late at night, and <laughs> we encourage people to come. There you go, Chris. We'll have to do it on location. Show. I think we might. Yeah. We will. <laughs> All right. But, yeah, thanks again. Thank and you. And there you go, Chad. I know. <laughs> <laughs>